We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it's October 12th, it is 2023. We're going to talk some football showdown slates here on today's podcast. It's Thursday, so obviously we're going to talk Thursday night football, you know, game between the Broncos and the Chiefs, which should be a very interesting game, um, one-sided anyway. <laughs> and then uh, Sunday morning game, um across the pond with baltimore and tennessee facing off against each other and then sunday night football um giants and bills so i feel like we have some lopsided games uh these games are always super interesting when it comes to showdown and uh we're talking football so we got keith on with us today keith eister eyes 819 keith the original plan was to talk some baseball um because i thought some of these series uh were going to go a little bit longer but uh you know that's not seeming to be the case what are your thoughts here um just overall on what we've looked at for i mean gosh man like the braves phillies series has been fantastic diamondbacks are beating the dodgers for nothing right now astros beat the twins so i mean i don't think that was too much of a shocker for anybody um rangers sweeping baltimore i think was 
probably the biggest shock for me of this round so far. I mean, it, unless unless Arizona sweeps the Dodgers, um, yeah. I mean, that's two wild ones. Yeah, for sure. I talked with you last week about that Texas-Baltimore series. I thought it was going to be a really good, tightly matched series. I definitely thought Texas had a chance. They, they're definitely a better team than what they showed all season long. They dealt with so many injuries, and their offense was just clicking at the right time, you could tell. Uh, but them sweeping Baltimore, I, I agree. That was quite a surprise. Um, just enough pitching left for them. Maybe they get Scherzer back for the uh, ALCS here, which is obviously could be a huge boost. Um, Texas looks really good. Obviously, Houston getting the job done. Seventh year in a row, I believe, they've been to the ALCS, which is just an incredible run. Um, good job by that that front office, keeping that talent together. They obviously let a couple of guys walk in Springer and Correa. But they kept the core nucleus together. Altuve's been there for all of it. Uh, Bregman as well. Jordan came up. Like, just a great core there in Houston. So that should be a really good series. They 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 had a, a hotly contested series down the stretch as well when they were both fighting for the division. Um, so that we could see some drama in that series. Two teams that don't like each other very much. Um, Arizona is definitely a surprise as well. Um, up four nothing on the Dodgers. Dodgers just ran out of pitching. We were talking about it a little bit pre-show. Lance Lynn just it, it's over for him, right? Just giving up four home runs in an inning. I think it was just insane stuff. Diamondbacks look like they'll get it done, and then Philly Atlanta, the only other one remaining out there. Which Philly gave it to Atlanta last year, so not not a surprise, I would say. But Atlanta fading down the stretch is is a little bit of a surprise, I would say. You know, podcast that we did last week that you were talking about, we, I think we nailed it. I, I said Arizona would be the underdog that won. Um, and I mean, you said Texas. So I, and my reasoning on that podcast last week was I think the Dodgers are just out of pitching. And um, I mean, Arizona has been an underrated team all year. Um, I mean, gosh, if Atlanta gets knocked out by Philadelphia, the World Series is going to be interesting this year. The four teams that will be left, I will be rooting so heavy. I'm sorry ahead of time, by the way, for any of our Houston Astros listeners. <laughs> I will be rooting so incredibly heavy for the Rangers just because that makes the World Series more fun than the Astros. Sorry. I mean, I'm on I'm on team fun. I would love a, a a series where we get Philadelphia and Texas. Um that would be a phenomenal but like flip side of it, like if it is Texas and Arizona, like the Rangers and the Diamondbacks, it's two teams that we we talked about for the last like two and a half months of being underrated and in offenses that have just been phenomenal. So it wouldn't shock me. Like statistically, it wouldn't shock me if it's those two teams that um you know make the World Series. But baseball is fun, and uh, this time of year is super fun for baseball. Um, I'm glad as a fan, I don't have anything to worry about because my team didn't make it. Um, you're in the kind same of a boat. Nightmare, kind yeah. of a nightmare for the TV networks, right? Like there's no like huge markets. Like Philly's a decent market. Houston's a decent market, but no LA, no New York. Um, ratings might be a little bit down for this year's world series. If, if Arizona can hang on here and, and knock off the Dodgers. Yeah. But don't people get a little excited about an Arizona, Texas, like, uh, you going I mean, to World Hardcore Series games? For sure. I'm 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 excited to to watch Texas beat Houston for sure. Yeah, you gonna if Arizona, you gonna go? Like you gotta you gotta make a little trip there, Keith. Yeah, <laughs> just just gonna jump away from me. I know. All right. Um, enough baseball talk. Let's talk football. It is that time of the year. You know, we'll have our full football breakdown on tomorrow's podcast, Friday's podcast again this week. 
uh, because of how basketball and everything is kind of um, played out. And a lot of people, Ron is like, I'm rooting for Texas now for Seager. A lot of people are like Texas believers right now because Corey Seager and um, yeah, rooting for Texas as well. All right, well, let's start with this uh, Thursday night football game. Um, the, obviously, this is the the closest one here. We got, you know, it is. We're recording right now Wednesday night. Most people are going to listen to this Thursday morning. But you know, Thursday night football, we got Broncos and Chiefs, forty-seven and a half. This game open at forty-nine and a half. It's been bet down um, two two full points. A lot of that has to do with some concerning weather. Uh, Kevin Roth, I know he wrote up a. Um, a prop or a, I guess it was more of a game line um, on scores and odds, because like talking about the weather and how the weather could impact this game. So, uh, oh, you know, baseball's getting close to being over. So now we got to start worrying about weather uh, for NFL. But Keith, full morning grind, you know, style. We'll start with Denver here against Chiefs. Uh, they have an 18 and a half implied total here. Chiefs, a 10 and a half point favorite at home. Broncos are dealing with this running back situation where like Williams practiced fully towards the end of last week and then still didn't play. We saw um, a couple of big games here from the backup. If he is the backup anymore, I mean, it's, it's like, what are we really expecting for Denver? I, I mean, what are you looking at here for the Broncos? Yeah. I mean, like their offense has been competent this year. Um, it hasn't been great by any means, but, like there's difficult situations going on here. Um, I believe Dulcich has a chance to return as well, which could even further complicate some things. Um, but the backfield is the most interesting thing to me. Um, and just because of the game script, obviously we, we expect Denver to be playing from behind here. Javante Williams, even if he makes it back, he's fully priced up at 7,200. I have zero interest in him whatsoever. Um, he hasn't looked explosive this season coming off of, I believe it was an ACL injury. Now he's dealing with this quad injury that caused him to miss a game. And the third string running back, Jaleel McLaughlin, has just flat out looked better. Um, so I'm far more interested in McLaughlin. I, it's like, just leave leave Javante on the shelf for this one. I, I hope he's active and I hope people want to play him because I'm, I'm willing to take shots on the other two running backs ahead of Javante Williams. Um, McLaughlin has looked extremely explosive. He's had some big runs. Uh, they give him the ball down on the goal line as well. And then P Ryan has kind of that passing game role where he can catch four or five balls. And on DraftKings, that's that's pretty useful. If he finds the end zone at 5,000 on a showdown slate, I'll, I'll play a little bit of P Ryan. The pass catchers, uh, it's it looks like Jerry Judy is, is finally back. He was banged up to start the season. Um, I believe it was a knee injury that he was dealing with, but he got, he got back on the field, had seven targets last week, caught six of them. Still no explosive games from Judy, but we know that's in there for him. Um, he is priced ahead of Sutton, which I think is good. That that should help lower the ownership. But it, it really feels like the target share is starting to swing back in, in favor of Jerry Judy. So if they're playing catch up and throwing way more than they want to, I think Jerry Judy would be my main run back on Denver. And then um, I think Pirine is a sneaky kind of like negative game script type guy that could could have a decent role here. D deep dart throws, I'm constantly going to keep taking shots at Marvin Mims. He's not playing very much. He's not cheap either, really, for his role. He's 4,600, and the guy has seen more than two targets in just one game this season. Um, but he's a deep play threat. He gets targeted down the field. 
40 yard touchdown, 40 yard touchdown reception is what you're looking for there. Um, don't love the price. Brandon Johnson is another guy who sees the field a little bit. He is cheap, 1,200. I don't hate him as a, a value play in a game that they should be throwing a ton. Um, no thanks on the Broncos' D, and we'll have to see how this tight end shake, tight end situation shakes out. Dulcich coming back from an injury is 3,200. I suppose that's fairly interesting. Um, probably no interest in Troutman for me, just not a guy. He did earn some targets last week, but we saw three weeks in a row there where he just wasn't really involved. Um, he caught the touchdown last week and did have five targets, but still only 26 yards. So I just don't think Troutman is is that talented. If you're playing him on a showdown, it's, you're just hoping that he falls in the end zone. We talked about Troutman last week on the podcast. Um, well, I did, and you laughed at me, and I said Jet, <laughs> the Jets give up a ton of fantasy points to tight ends. And uh, he got his touchdown. He did. Which... He had a he had a long play that Wilson like overthrew him too. He should have had, like 40 more yards. Um, uh, the one the one target he didn't catch was a bad throw by Wilson. That was would have been like a 40 yard play. Uh, but hey, listen, uh, I'm not here to gloat. I, I think Dolchich is uh, really interesting. He practiced in full Wednesday. I expect him to get activated. It was a hamstring. Those types of injuries, when you're practicing in full, they usually activate you. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. But, I, I mean, with Dolchich back, no chance I'm touching Trotman. I, I think Dolchich is really interesting. Because like you said, I think that Kansas City is going to put it on this Denver defense, and I don't think anyone can really argue that. Um, so, like, you know, that obviously opens up Russell Wilson, Judy, Sutton. But these secondary pieces on showdown slate are interesting. Guys like um, Dolchich. Mims is that home run play. I mean, that's what you're playing him for. His average depth to target is is really kind of what you're looking for here. And, I mean, even last week, he ran 12 routes last week and had one target. Uh, but it was a long target. So, like, you're just trying to get the home run ball um, from Mims. Uh, I mean, I'm with you on defense. No chance I'm touching this Denver defense. Um the running back situation, Piron's probably my favorite uh, because I do think they're going to be trailing. I do think the opportunity for Piron is going to be there to get, you know, four or five targets out of the backfield. And I mean, you know, four or five catches, 40 yards. If he scores, he crushes. If he doesn't, he still has a chance to be the highest scoring running back. And I mean, I'm with you on Williams. I want him to be active. I think McLaughlin is the guy I would play over Williams, but I like Piron the most out of the three just for game script purposes um, here. If you're building a game script of like Denver getting up, uh, McLaughlin would be the guy that I'd be looking at on Denver. Kansas City side, uh, sounds like Travis Kelsey is going to give it a go here with the ankle. That's obviously a little concerning. Uh, but just an absolutely fantastic matchup. Um, you know, Denver is one of the worst defenses in the league. They have allowed 187 rushing yards per game this season and 281 passing yards. Fifth most passing yards, most rushing yards per game. Their defense, DVOA-wise, 32nd. Um, dead last for anyone that doesn't know there's 32 teams in the NFL. Uh, Keith... Obviously, Patrick Mahomes' captain is going to be pretty popular here. Uh, it's where are you going to pair him with outside of maybe Travis Kelsey? Um, I, I think this is a fantastic spot for Pacheco. I think that they could rely on Pacheco, and he could have one of those 100-plus yard, two-touchdown types of games where Patrick Mahomes doesn't get there. So I think like 
playing Pacheco in the captain spot and not using Mahomes is something I might do a little bit here um, price-wise. What are your thoughts on Kansas City? Yeah, I, I like that Pacheco call quite a bit here. We know like th- this Denver de- defense cannot stop anyone. Um, maybe Kansas City tries to come out here and get Mahomes and Kelsey right. They, it's been a little bit of a slow start to the season for them. If, if Mahomes wants to come out and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, he certainly can do that here in this matchup. The problem like with the Kansas City game so far this season is their defense is actually good now, yeah, um, which like like Denver is going to have a hard time keeping up in this one, I think. So playing uh, Pacheco in the captain and even like the Chiefs defense is overpriced, no doubt about it. Uh, but I don't hate sprinkling them in a little bit. And I don't ever really play defenses on showdown very much. But I think Kansas City could absolutely dominate this matchup. Uh, the weather is a little bit of a concern, like you mentioned as well. That's another knock to the Kansas City passing game. Um, so, yeah, I think Pacheco is my favorite captain on, on the entire slate, which is odd. Usually on Chiefs showdown slates, it's almost always Mahomes or Kelsey uh, or going back to the Tyreek Hill days, it was it was him. But since then, it's pretty much always been Mahomes and Kelsey that are optimal captains um, in Chiefs victories on showdowns. So. Pacheco is, is an interesting one. I, I'll be interested to see where the ownership shakes out. Um, I think he probably ends up under rostered compared to his chances to make the optimal lineup. Um, and for that reason, he's my, he's my favorite captain. Obviously, you have to have some some Mahomes exposure in the captain. The ceiling is just so incredible in this matchup. Kelsey is the obvious target. If you want to play the fade route because he's dealing with the ankle injury, his, his second injury of the season already. Um, I, I don't hate that route. He's fully priced at 11,000. Um, so no discount there, but man, if you're trying to figure out where the targets are going after that, it's, it's a scary proposition. Rasheed Rice has been running a, a bunch of routes. We saw Tony get a little bit more involved. I think Tony at, at 4k is interesting. Um, just in, like in any, no matter how this game plays out, I think he's going to get some touches and at 4k, I think that's a really nice price on Kadarius Tony. Um, the other guy who we saw get a little bit of run and he's only $600 is Justin Ross. Um, he didn't play very many snaps at all, but he earned four targets. I I don't have the exact snap share in front of me, but it it was, it was very low. Um, but he earned four targets, $600. I mean, all he needs to do is catch a touchdown pass and, and like you're printing it at 600. That's, that's incredible. So I, I like him as, as a value option. If you're, if you're looking to pay up. Like if you use Mahomes in the captain and you're you're pairing him with Kelsey, I think of the way most people are going to do that is by playing some Justin Ross. Um, let's see here. Justin Watson is on the field a little bit. Like it, these receivers are so so difficult to figure out for Kansas City. I, I think you you need to make more than one lineup on the, on this showdown is the way I, I play it. Like twenty entry max, I just sprinkle all these guys in. If I make a rule that if Mahomes is in my captain, I need at least two of them and I'm fine going three and even four. Like there's, there's guys that are so cheap. I think you can play like Kelsey Watson Ross and, and maybe even a fourth altogether. Um, if Mahomes is your captain. So definitely make sure you're forcing in some, some Kansas city pass catchers. If you're using Mahomes in in the captain. I think again, we talk about this all the time. I mean, I know you and I talk about this. Um, I know a lot of people talk about this in general, but on the showdown slates, your lineup has to tell a story. If you're expecting Kansas City to get up in this game, then you know looking at Kansas City defense is not the craziest thing. You know with Pacheco, um, Edwards, Hilaire in a game where they get up 
is not the worst idea because he's just so cheap. So like because of price, if you're kind of expecting Kansas City just to absolutely dominate this game and Denver not really to show up, I have no problems playing Pacheco and Hilaire together. Um, very, very rare for me to do, but like he's 1,000 on DraftKings. Like if they get up in this game, eight to 10 carries for Hilaire is not crazy. And there'll be like garbage time carries. Uh, so, I mean, as far as the passing game, you kind of nailed it, right? They, they literally use like six or seven people <laughs> and none of them are running like last week just for an example last week edward or um mvs ran 26 routes that was 60 percent of dropbacks from travis or from patrick mahomes that was the highest on the team uh the second highest was sky Moore at 46 percent travis kelsey was 46 percent watson was 44 percent tony was 40 percent when these guys are on the field they have play scheme for them. Um, you know, Rice ran eight routes last week and had five targets. Yeah. We talked about Justin Ross. Justin Ross ran six snaps. He was on the field for six snaps. He ran six routes. He had four targets, like you mentioned. So when these guys are on the field, they are having plays drawn up for them. So, I mean, realistically, the touchdown threats are typically Kelsey, Pacheco, Mahomes. Like, that's the guys that, but like any of these guys can score from 15 out. Like, they all play. Like, so in a showdown slate, if you're a single entry person, this is the one of the worst slates for you. I'm just going to say it because tr- nailing, nailing the optimal build with Kansas City here is going to be extremely tough because they use so many people. Um, so, if you're, if you're a person that usually plays like a $25 single entry, this might be one of those days you're like, all right, I'm going to fire up lineup HQ. I'm going to build 20 teams for the $1 20 inch max, you know, because I feel like not always Keith, not always because I love single entry and three entry max stuff, but this is the type of slate where you're like, I probably want to get, and you could build around a core. Like I'm not saying, Hey, I'm going to play 20 teams and I'm just going to play everybody. You can build around a core and just kind of sprinkle in these wide receivers because like, even even Noah Gray could get involved in this game. So you can't even like think like forget about like Noah Gray because they use him in the red zone and down the field. Like so I mean, just trying to nail the optimal is really tough here for Kansas City. Yeah, I, I play a lot of 20 entry max. It's actually one of my favorite formats. It's because like I don't have to put in 150 lineups, but I still get many bullets into that contest and I'm I'm able to play with as many bullets as anybody else has in the contest. Yeah. Um, you need to take a stand in this scenario. So if people are looking at MVS and Sky Moore and seeing that they're running the most routes and for that reason they want to target them, I'll, I'll just completely X them out of my build and I'll go way overweight on Watson and Justin Ross and Noah Gray, like you mentioned, those types of plays. Like you just, you, you shift the field ownership. You, you go underweight on the guys who are catching some ownership. Tony is a guy who, who gets schemed targets and, and things like that. So I would have some Tony. I think Tony's probably the most, most popular Chiefs pass catcher outside of Kelsey, um, just because like he does get that work and he's only 4,000. Sky Moore's priced up to 5,400. And he just, he's not shown the ability to be able to earn targets. So I'm completely fine with this guy more fade at 5,400 MVS. He needs a 40 yard touchdown to burn me. The guy is out there. He, he just exercises out there, right? He runs the straight, 
nine route right down he the field. He opens every up time. the he opens up those small routes exactly. for Rice yep. and Kelsey and Gray. Like, the... <laughs> yep, exactly. So I I just I x out MBS and I just hope that he doesn't catch the touchdown that burns me. Um, and I play the guys like Justin Watson who aren't on the field as much. Um, and hopefully I get a couple of receptions. If they find the end zone, then then that's where we're we're really cooking. Um, all right. Before we go to our next game, the Baltimore Tennessee game, let's uh let's talk either I mean player props or pick 'em uh projections. Let's let's give out a little uh little pick 'em two pick play here. Uh, I'll let you go first. I always write down two, so maybe it's a three pick 'em if we have uh different answers because I'm gonna give out my two no matter what. So what do you got for me, Keith? All right, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to Jerry Judy in this spot. I mentioned the seven targets, six receptions in the last game. I fully expect Denver to be throwing a ton in this game, down multiple scores. He's sitting at four and a half receptions. He's hit the over on that in two of his last three, and he's been banged up. I think he's the healthiest he's been all season, um, and this should be a perfect game script for him to catch a bunch of passes. Jerry Judy over four and a half receptions. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Um, I'll give out both of mine then because that was not either of the ones that I had written down. I'm going to go – this line is is, is is steep, but I love this spot, and I think that he just absolutely crushes here. So I'm going to go Pacheco more than 74.5 rushing yards. Uh, this team, like I said, they're allowing 180 rushing yards <laughs> per game this season, um, highest in the NFL by I think like 40 yards. Uh, it's not close. It, it really isn't. So – I uh, love this spot for Pacheco. The other one, I'm going to take the home run. Um, if you're not comfortable with trying the home run play here, do a flex play. Try to get that, you know, two for three. I'm going power play with this one. I'm going to try to get us a 5X here. I'm going to go Marvin Mims Jr. more than 17 and a half receiving yards. It takes one play, Keith. One yep. play. They're going to be trailing. This guy, when he catches the ball, he's already 25 yards downfield. <laughs> I need him to catch one ball in a game that I am projecting for them to be trailing. So I absolutely love not even planning this out. We actually are correlating here. We're correlating a Denver game where they're trailing Pacheco's up, running the ball down the throats of Denver and we're getting Judy and Mims as run back. So I'm going to go with a power play here. I'm going to throw this in there over there on prize picks. All right, let's go to Sunday morning. I almost said Sunday night, but Sunday morning football. Um, Gotta love these showdown slates. This game is fun. And I'm not actually saying that because I think it's a terrible game. I actually think this game is fun. There are some showdown games where I'm just like, this this game stinks. And we're going to talk about Sunday Night Football. That's a game that stinks. <laughs> um, I think this game is going to be competitive. Hear me out. I feel like Tennessee is not the greatest team in the world. But they have pieces that can do well in a matchup against Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's Lamar Jackson. Like, this game's going to be competitive. Um, Baltimore has been a phenomenal defense this season. Ryan Tannehill's been awful. Um, so, I mean, is there a potential for a lopsided game? Sure. But Sunday morning game in um, a different country, and we're going to get competitive game, I'm hoping, here. So let's talk about it. Baltimore. Four-point favorite, 41 total. Let's talk Baltimore first because technically they're on the road. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts here on the Ravens? Yeah, so I think the the first decision you have to make is what do you want to do with Lamar Jackson at captain? He has immense upside because of his rushing ability. 
Um, so th the field is going to play him at an extremely high rate. Are you on a, an overweight or an underweight stance on L Lamar Jackson and the captain? Once you make that decision, then you can start start building out the rest of your lineups. Um, for me, I feel like I want to be a little bit underweight, and that's assuming that he comes in like 25%, 30% in the captain, as he usually does. These running quarterbacks generally get pretty popular. Um, I, But I like his pass catchers quite a bit in this one. Tennessee, we know, is a pass funnel defense. Baltimore is dealing with um, injuries in the backfield. I feel like Lamar Jackson could, could throw for a bunch of uh, yards in this spot against Tennessee. And if he does that, if it condenses around one person, even, even if Lamar Jackson runs for 60 yards and a touchdown, there's still a chance that a pass catcher could, could outscore him. Um, Zay Flowers is the guy that I have my eye on as my primary captain. He has earned more targets than, than Bateman and Beckham whenever they've been on the field anyway. They're, they've both been banged up early in the season. Zay Flowers is the best wide receiver on this team. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure of that. Um, He's 8,200. It, it allows you to do some things as well. You, you save a lot of money playing him in the captain over Lamar Jackson. You can definitely fit some better pieces from Tennessee that I def, that I do like in the spot as well. I This Baltimore defense is not scary. Um, we saw Pittsburgh play with Baltimore. Like, I agree. I think this game's competitive. Um, it should be a fun one. But I think my main stance is going to be underweight on Lamar Jackson and the captain, not because I think he's going to have a bad game. I'm just hoping that the production condenses on either Zay Flowers or Mark Andrews are going to be my primary two captains in the spot. Um, I like just Bateman has been injured throughout his entire career. He hasn't been able to stay on the field very much. Um, he hasn't earned more than three targets in any game that he has played. And OBJ, I feel like, is just washed up. So it, it's the Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews show for me. Those are my two captains. Like, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Other like cheap plays I'm looking at, there's not a ton here for the Ravens. The, the Justin Tucker's always in play because he can nail him for 50 yards in his sleep. That's that's five points. You get two of those and 10 points from from a kicker just on two kicks. That that's in play for sure. Um I always love playing backup tight ends, but Isaiah likely just does not have a role in this offense this season. Um, and I think it's because of the presence of Zay Flowers. A lot of the times Andrews and Likely were on the field together last year. We just have not seen that this year. Um, and it's, in my opinion, because Zay Flowers is so good. So 
Give me overweight on Zay Flowers. I'll, I'll be overweight on Andrews and the captain. Uh, underweight on Lamar. Underweight on Bateman and Odell Beckham. Yeah. So, okay. lot to digest. Um, I'm with you on a lot of this. I'm with you on Zay Flowers probably being my highest owned captain play. Um, I think he has a massive ceiling. I don't want to forget about Mark Andrews in this game either because it's Mark Andrews and he has a massive amount of ceiling against everybody as well. Um, so really like both of those guys a lot. Tennessee has been tough against the run. Lamar isn't the easiest matchup in the world though. Like he's going to get his rushing yards uh, more likely to fade the running back situation than I am to be underweight on Lamar. If I was going to play a running back here, it'd probably be justice Hill because I think he's the best pass catcher out of the backfield. And I think it's just a tough matchup for just a pure on up the middle running type of game. I have mixed feelings about Nelson Aguilar's price. I, I feel like if he was 2,500, he'd probably be one of the highest owned players on the slate. The fact that he's expensive, he might go overlooked. He has a role and like, he has this like weird red zone role. Like we, we saw him in Philadelphia catch a lot of touchdowns and like have a role and be a, a phenomenal wide receiver. Well, I mean, who's to say like this guy hasn't taken over as like the number two guy. Like I get like Odell Beckham is there. He's been banged up all season. Bateman ran 11 routes last week. Like Nelson Aguilar was on the field. He was running routes. Like I don't want to sleep on like this guy being very useful in this offense. So Mark Andrews runs so much out of the slot. So you're worried about Aguilar's like upside in that. But I mean, they, have been running these like weird plays too, Keith, where they're like running like slants from slots from both sides and stuff. So, I mean, they're just using these guys and they're using them well. And I mean, I think Nelson Aguilar large field tournament stuff like is really, really interesting. Um, just, I mean, Odell plays, I'm sure with the ankle, I mean, flying across the, you know, playing over in London, flying across the ocean here and like sitting on an airplane for all those fun hours that we all love. Like that's going to flare up that ankle a little bit. Anyone that's ever injured an ankle sitting down stinks. <laughs> you want to be moving. It hurts. Um, anyway, so I like the Tucker call. We should have mentioned in that Denver can Kansas city game. I'm a little bit down on the kickers just because of like Ross win projection in that game. Like he's yeah. expecting sustained 15 to 20 mile an hour wins with, like 30 mile an hour gust. I am going to be playing a little bit less kickers in that game. And it could even bump up like the Kansas city defense a little bit for me. We should have mentioned that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's all that I got for Baltimore. I think Bateman is still a large field tournament play just because when he is on the field, Lamar does target him. It's just like two or three times. All you need is a touchdown. It's a showdown slate. Like you're really just trying to hunt touchdowns on showdown slates. Um, you're not playing a, a guy like him in the captain spot. You're really, you're playing him in the flex trying to get one of the touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I love flowers and Andrews, uh, Tennessee, probably my favorite captain play on the entire slate is going to be Deandre Hopkins. Um, uh, we talked about him last week. I talked about how Indy is a funnel pass defense and we should be playing him. I played him enough, but I if I would have like made lineups when we did the podcast Thursday night, he would have been one of my highest on wide receivers. And I'm I'm that guy that didn't like remember to play a lot of him. I played enough, but he was on my main Fanduel team, which was always good. 
and I had him a lot on FanDuel because of his price. But man, just knew that he was going to have a big game last week. He did. And I mean, I love this spot for him. They should be trailing in this game and he's their best player, him and Derrick Henry. So I don't necessarily love the spot for Derrick Henry. So I'm going to go to Nuke. I think Hopkins has a big game. And I think you're going to talk about a Kongwu. You're going to talk about Spears. I know you. Um, they're interesting plays for sure. Like, talk to me here about Tennessee. I'm actually completely with you. It's it's DeAndre Hopkins all the way for me. Part of that is because of the price on Tajay Spears and Chick Okonkwo. Um, Like, if Okonkwo was... 3,500, I would have interest, but he's he's up at 5K. We did finally see him earn a bunch of targets last week. He had nine targets um, after, like, we've been kind of waiting. Like, I think Chig is really talented, uh, especially as a pass catcher, but he just has not been productive this season, and part of that is, is Ryan Tannehill. Um, Spears' price up at 7,400, I absolutely love the role, but that that's a big price to ask for. And he's been a little bit more than a third down back. Like, they have they – have, definitely integrated him into this offense he is he's taking away usage from from derrick henry i still don't love the price at 7400 that that said i I don't want to fade him um especially if i think baltimore's playing from a from from ahead he's the guy that's going to be out there catching the checkdowns uh we've seen him have four targets in in four out of five games Uh, he had five last week so he does have that pass catching role that is so valuable uh in these DraftKings showdowns um, but 7,400 is not a price that I like to play, pay for that role. I'd, I'd much rather that be 5,500. Um, it's Hopkins. Like Hopkins is, is the guy. There's a chance that Traylon Burks could come back, but we haven't seen Traylon Burks really do anything. Um, he's coming off of an injury. I just, that doesn't scare me whatsoever. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is, is clearly the alpha here. I totally agree. You can captain him. Same, same thesis as, as Zay Flowers. Like, he could catch 10 balls in this spot, especially if they're trailing. Even if they're ahead, I think he could t- catch 10 balls if, if Henry can't get off the ground. Um, and if Henry's going to be the more popular captain on the Tennessee side, give me all the Hopkins. There's like these these options, if Traylon Burks plays, get really, really scary. Like Westbrook Akine has had a role the last couple of weeks, but I feel like that's mostly because Burks has been out. He He becomes pretty unplayable, I think, if Burks does make it in. And it's not like Burks is, is super cheap. He's up at 5,800 as well. So I don't love the pricing on this, this Tennessee side. That's part of the, one of the reasons that, that I think Justin Tucker is going to be a big, big part of, of my build this week. And I don't generally build with a ton of kickers, but I think he has as much upside as these secondary Tennessee guys. We know it's going, going to Henry. He's going to get his 18 to 20 carries most likely, assuming the game is close enough. Hopkins, I think is in for a massive target share. Um, yeah, so that doesn't leave a, a, a lot left for for guys like Oconquo and Burks and and NWI. So I, I feel like I'm just going to load up on as much Hopkins, and my my builds are going to lean Baltimore heavy. Even even though I think it's going to be fairly close, I probably can't afford Henry in a build like that, and it, and he's definitely going to get game scripted out a little bit if I'm building for for Baltimore to play with the lead. Um, we didn't talk much about quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, about Tannehill in, in particular. He's just been so bad. He does have a chance to throw a ton of – he does have a chance to drop back a ton if they're playing from behind in the spot. We've seen 45 dropbacks out of him in the past. He hasn't done it yet this year, and he's played really poorly so far this season. 
Um, but this Baltimore defense, I think, has has an issue. So I, I, I'll play with as much Tannehill as I can fit. He's not a priority for me, though. Give, give me Nuke all the way. As everybody sees, I'm wearing a Dolphins hat. Um, Tannehill's never a priority. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, as far as, like, Chig goes, I'm with you. I think this guy is uber talented. He disappears a lot. Baltimore is allowing the fewest fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. They are very good against tight ends. They're very good in the middle, and they shut down tight ends. If you're building this type of script, I mean, you have to look at Westbrook or Burks if he plays. You could play these guys with Hopkins. Hopkins is still going to have a 28% target share. Like, that is his target share on the season. It's not going anywhere. Like, you you could play these guys with Hopkins. Like, you can build a 4-2 and just play the two pass catchers you feel like you're going to perform well and that might be spears i mean he's just expensive like you said it's really tough price wise the one guy that i want to point out just as a large field tournament play if burke sits is chris moore he's 200 bucks he is extremely cheap he has been playing 60 percent of the snaps with with burks out so if he if burks sits again he didn't practice wednesday it's not looking like burks is going to play again never know um this early in the week but doesn't sound promising for Burks to come back this week. Chris Moore could run 25 routes and not get a target. Chris Moore could run. <laughs> he did it 20, last week. <laughs> yeah, he could run 25 routes this week and get four targets. Um, yeah. I For 200 bucks, you could do worse because, I mean, he is technically the third wide receiver if Burks is out. So it's very rare that we get a third wide receiver in a condensed offense that really doesn't use a lot of guys. At this price, um, Spears is technically probably the third wide receiver. I don't hate Derrick Henry in this spot. I don't necessarily love him either. Um, I mean, it's a love-hate relationship. He has been more involved in the passing game, you know, since really kind of start of like two years ago, they started using him more in the passing game because when you have a guy like Derrick Henry, you got to get him in open space sometimes, and sometimes that's a little dump off out of the backfield. But um, I like the kickers a lot in this game. We talked about Tucker. I think Nick Folk on the other side of this game. I think Tennessee's going to be able to move the ball against Baltimore. I just don't know how many times they're going to be able to punch it in because Ryan Tannehill stinks. So I think this is a spot like Nick Folk just keeps doing his things. He's had at least two field goals in four or five games. He has double-digit fantasy points in four or five games. This might be a week we play double kicker, and I hate it, but you don't have to like it to make money. I mean, just enjoy the money you make. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, um, we t- we have some um, pick them and player props out for this game as well. So let's uh, – I wrote down three. I wrote down three for this game. I actually – I like – for some reason, I have a, a weird feeling that I'm going to get crushed in this game. But I like this game. So I'm sure by talking with you, you have one of these three. So we'll probably end up with a three-player pick again. Um the Sunday main slate favorite defense OS. We will talk main slate tomorrow. Um, Keith and I will be back tomorrow. 11 game main slate, breaking each game down a lot less time on each game because it's not showdown. All right, Keith Sunday morning, pick and plays. Let's, let's give out, let's give out some goods here. I'm pretty sure this is one of the ones you got written down. Uh, give me Deandre Hopkins more than 54 and a half receiving yards. I, like he's the alpha in this offense. Baltimore defense is, Looking a little shaky, looking a little leaky. Um, I, I'm expecting 10 targets in this spot. He had 140 yards last week. Whether Traylon Burks comes back or not, I still like this number. 
Yeah, so I I had DeAndre Hopkins more than four and a half re- receiving re- receptions because I feel like yeah. that is just criminally low. He has at least five in every game this season, um, so a little low. But um, we'll go with. Listen, I, I already put in this three pick them with mine that I wrote down, so I'm going to take your Hopkins over fifty seven and a half um, or more than fifty seven and a half. I'm going to go to Derrick Henry, baby. More than 10 and a half receiving yards. Um, he might only get like three targets, but I am building <laughs> with Tennessee trailing in this game. He gets these targets and they're high vault, like high probability catches. And when you get Derrick Henry in a little space, I need one catch. Um, so he has gone over this number in, in four or five games this year. The game that he didn't was against Cleveland, where Cleveland just stomped Tennessee. They beat him bad. So I'm going to go Derrick Henry more than 10 and a half. And then I'm going to go to one of our favorite plays that we talked about um, to finish out our love for the passing game of Zay Flowers and say more than 55 and a half. I like this one. I'm going to go a power play again. And um, we, we got two five X's out there. Hopefully you can hit one of two, but hopefully we can hit both of them because that'd be fun. That'd be a good start to Thursday and Sunday morning. That'd be a good way to go in the main slate. All right, Keith, we do not have a slate up yet for Sunday Night Football, but uh, we're going to break this game down, just give our give our thoughts here on who we're going to be looking at. Um, obviously, we don't have pricing, like I mentioned. It is the Giants and the Bills, 44.5. Buffalo, 14-point favorite in this game, and it might not be enough. Uh, we'll start with the Giants side. The biggest question, Mark, by far when you're looking at this um, Sunday night football game is going to be, does Saquon Barkley play? That is the biggest question mark. Uh, Keith, give me your thoughts here on the Giants. Yeah, it, it's kind of hard to, to know without knowing if, if Saquon's going to be active. He's just such a massive part of this offense. He would help keep this game a little closer. I still think the Giants get beat by double digits in this spot, even if Saquon does play. Um but this this Giants offense just looks pretty inept without him. It's hard to hard to like anything at all here. Um, Wandale Robinson's role has been pretty interesting. Um, he's he's earning a bunch of targets. They're all right around the, the line of scrimmage. So you you have to hope that he breaks a big play to find any sort of ceiling. Um, but just the the Wandale Robinson role is interesting. I'll be curious to see where his price comes in. Darren Waller is a guy that I talked about a lot last week, and he had a, a very nice game. Unfortunately, I did not quite have enough of him on Sunday. But Darren Waller, I think, is in another good spot here. If Saquon doesn't play, I think he's he has to be heavily involved for them to have any chance of keeping this game close. Um, so that's, that's another guy I'm going to have a lot of interest in. We saw Eric Gray get really involved. If Saquon does sit, he did absolutely nothing with 12 rushing attempts. He averaged two yards a carry on 12 (laughs) rushing attempts. But I just thought the role was super interesting. Like this this backfield is a mess if Saquon Barkley does not play. So that's obviously the news we're keeping an eye on. I think Saquon, they're not going to put Saquon out there unless he's good to go. High ankle sprains are a difficult injury to come back from. But I, I think they've taken their time with this. And if he's active, I feel free to fire him up. We know he's he he cannot get game scripted out. A trailing game script is just as good as, for him um, as a positive game script. He's going to catch a ton of ton of passes in, in that scenario. 
Um, captain wise for for Giants, I you have to be looking at Daniel Jones just because of he can't throw the ball as much, so it's hard for him to bring receivers along. Um, if Saquon is in, he would be my favorite Giants captain. If he is out, Waller would be my favorite Giants captain. We should note um, the Bills are dealing with a ton of injuries right now. We'll have to kind of see how it plays out. Um, I know they put Milano on the IR. White got put on the IR. Um, oh, who is the defensive lineman? The really good defense, Jones. He got he's on the IR. Yeah. Um, so they had a rough London trip. Um, Jackson, I know, is banged up in another corner that's banged up. So like. As bad uh, and like Kincaid, I think is in concussion protocol. Um, so as bad as like the Giants' offense is, the Bills' defense is going to be dealing with some injuries. Um, so it's like, all right, for showdown, yeah. I mean, they're Barkley's... also dealing with the, the London hangover too. Like that, that's not an easy trip coming back from. What were they thinking? Flying out Friday, um, they <laughs> looked exhausted in that game. Anyway, uh, we even talked about that on the podcast last week. We we're like. You know, when because Jackson, when we talked about Jacksonville having the advantage, we sh- we're so smart sometimes, and it's like we should have bet like the money line yeah. for Jacksonville. Like, what are we <laughs> doing? Sure. Uh, anyway, back to the Giants. Um, I would be shocked if Barkley plays. To be honest, I think this is going to be another game he misses. Um, it, it, I mean, it just doesn't sound like he's ready. And I feel like if you're the Giants, you want him back as as fast as you can. But are you going to beat Buffalo? Give him one more week um and then try to make a push and i mean i hate to say it out loud but i mean you have washington you have the jets coming up you have vegas coming up like you have games you can win that are coming up um to make your season like to turn around your season getting barkley re-injured against buffalo is tough but um if barkley plays i'll have interest for sure if he's out i love the robinson waller combination um i'll be playing a bunch of that combo i feel like they're gonna be the guys Outside of that, I mean, we just like we really just witnessed this scenario of Giants falling behind in a game and playing from behind. And like Waller was the guy. Slayton had six targets. Um, Hodgson had one. Paris Campbell. It'd be interesting to see like what his price is. Like he only ran 14 routes against the Dolphins last week or no, not last week. Yeah, last week. Right. Yeah. I have the wrong thing pulled up. Hold on. I, I thought Paris Campbell was a thing. He wasn't. He had twelve. Uh, he had two targets. Um, yep. I don't know why he was sticking in my head so much. Waller had eleven targets and thirty nine routes. He'd be the. He has to be your main play here um, from the Giants. And I will say, like Jalen Hyatt had twenty five routes run. It was the third most on the team last week. He had zero targets. But it, I mean, on showdowns, you're looking for opportunity. I would assume Jalen Hyland is like a less than $2,000 player when we get the showdown slate posted. He might just be someone um, to like throw some darts on. It's like, to give you an idea, Campbell ran 12 routes, Shepard ran nine, Hodgson ran 13. This dude ran 25. So I love that Jalen Hyatt call. That That's awesome information. I know he did not earn targets, but talented player, talented rookie, still learning the NFL, growing every week. Like I, I love the Jalen Hyatt call. Be very interested to see where his price comes in. Got to be on the field to get targets. Sterling Shepard was on the field for nine plays. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. I'm just pointing out. Like, um, just pointing it out. Just pointing it out. All right, Bill side. Just an onslaught, right? Like the Giants' defense yeah. not going to slow this team down at all. 
Um, I think Josh Allen's going to be a really popular captain play, and I, I can't really argue it. Um, he does spread out the ball, like especially in the red zone. So like, he is like a legit captain that could throw four touchdowns to four different people, and you need him to be your captain. Um, if you're not playing him in captain, I think you're either hoping that James Cook has a big game or you're just saying, hey, Allen's going to throw two or three touchdowns to Stefan Diggs, and I'm going to get my exposure through Diggs. Um, if Kincaid is out, definitely bumping up Dawson Knox for myself, and I'm also bumping up Hardy um, as like a – because they like using Hardy in the slot when Kincaid's off the field. So um, if Kincaid does miss with a concussion – I think Hardy is interesting. Gabe Davis has been extremely active in the red zone. And I mean, he's someone you have to have in there as far as just looking at overall plays here. Um, yeah, it's an, it's a really interesting spot. Cause like Josh Allen is a four touchdown type of quarterback that like, yeah, we can sit here and say, Hey, you know, being underweight or fading him and captain is fun. But I mean, it's the same conversation about like Lamar, except for Josh Allen is a better fantasy quarterback probably a better quarterback in general, but Lamar is no joke. I don't want to sit here and, you know, apples um, to oranges, but uh, just really tough fade at captain spot for Josh Allen. If you think the giants can keep the game close. Yeah. I, so I, I think the the interesting angle here is to play for the blowout. The problem is the bills like Josh Allen will still drop back 35 times in a blowout. We've seen it yeah, for years with the bills. And, and he has the rushing upside on top of that. So it, it is a very difficult fade. The other thing that makes it a difficult fade is you can't trust which running back is going to get the, the volume in a blowout. We saw James Cook get scripted out when the Bills were trailing. Um, he did not have hardly any opportunities last week. Is he the guy that that grinds out the clock if they're up 30 points? I'm not sure that he is. Maybe Maybe we should be taking a look at the backups here. Latavius Murray and, and Damian Harris. I mean, I think Murray and his goal line role, depending on the price, you need him to be around 5K, I think. But there's a chance he could score two touchdowns in this in this game. I would have a ton of interest in, in Latavius Murray if he comes in at like 5K on, the, on this showdown. Um, Diggs is the obvious other upside captain. He's going to be expensive, over 10K for sure. Um, but the upside is there. We've seen it a couple of times already this season where he can just put up those monster games. Um, so if I was fading Allen Diggs would be my favorite trying to get weird is hard because we know where the production is going. Most of the time, I haven't seen the role out of James cook where I would just feel confident making him the captain thinking that the bills are going to start running a ton. If even if they're up three scores in this one. So I might even lean Latavius Murray over James cook as a captain play. I just, I don't think James cook has the touchdown upside. The only way he could burn me is by running two touchdowns in from 20-plus yards out, I feel like. So i probably fade James Cook in the captain, try to get overweight on digs, maybe even with the field on Allen, um, and then maybe mix just a sprinkle one or two lineups out of 20, I would say. Latavius Murray, maybe. I, I do like the Dawson Knox call if Kincaid is out. Um, just should open up the between the 20 stuff for him a lot more. We know Knox has a huge red zone role but he hasn't been used as much in the middle of the field. I feel like without Kincaid, he would he would get that role back. Um, I do like your Deontay Hardy call, or or if it's not Hardy, it could be Trent Shurfield as well. But one of those two guys should bump up considerably if Kincaid is out. Um, I just want to like throw out an idea. 
like if you're if you're not playing Allen or Diggs in the captain spot and you don't trust anybody on the Giants, could this be a slate where we play Buffalo's defense in the captain spot and it work out? I mean, do you think they have enough upside as a captain play? I mean, I definitely like them as like an overall play. But if we're worried about like James Cook and Latavius Murray kind of hurting each other, and like we have to remember, like they get down to the one yard line, and you're like, who's going to run it in? Well, probably Josh Allen. So yeah. uh, I mean, is this one of those slates where like they're viable as a captain play? You think? I just wanted to like get your quick thoughts on that. I, mo- most of the time, I would say on ninety percent of showdown slates, my answer would just be flat out no to this. I think this is a spot where they could completely dominate. We know Daniel Jones can make a lot of mistakes as a passer. Um, he can he just turns the ball over a lot. He takes a lot of sacks. I think that that it's viable. You obviously need them to score a touchdown. Um, their price is going to be way up. I think they're going to be priced higher than the Chiefs, who are at what what were they at fifty six hundred? I think we're probably looking at fifty eight hundred for this Bills defense. I don't. It, it might take two touchdowns at that spot, or or eight to 10 sacks, which or the giants, both of those are scoring. Like, I mean, like this is a legit, like the Buffalo bills could shut out the giants and I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like I, if Barkley doesn't play and I mean, Daniel Jones is banged up right now too. So like, if, if, I mean, if it's a perfect storm, like I actually have more interest for what it's worth. If Tyrod Taylor is a quarterback um, to play the giants, (laughs) I mean, just in general, (laughs) Um, cause like he gives you some rushing upside. Like he would be one of my favorite plays on this slate. And like, probably one of the reasons we don't have a Sunday night football slate yet is because they're waiting for some news to come out on Thursday. As far as like giants injuries, because no. I mean, we know that Jones didn't practice Wednesday. So, I mean, if Jones is out with this neck injury, Tyrod Taylor, if he was wait, like if he was too cheap would break the slate. So, you know, pay attention to that news as well. Um, Interesting, man. It's just an interesting, interesting game. And when you're when you're done watching some Sunday football, you always want an interesting game. Um, this might not be the game for you. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, Keith, we're going to get out of here. Um, yeah, three, three football games. We spent a lot of time on these games. It's showdown slates. It's a first look podcast. That's what we try to do. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe over there on the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind YouTube page. We appreciate it. Hit that uh, like button and turn on notifications. That way you know when we're going live. Bottom of the six, Arizona up 4 nothing. still. Could be a sweep. That would be crazy. Uh, Braves-Philly showdown slate would be fire because there's just been so many runs scored in that game and or series, and Schreider pitching tomorrow. You never know what's going to happen. So that'd be fun. But anyway, we'll be back Friday. Full breakdown of the main slate, 11 games this week for NFL. That's it. We'll see you all tomorrow. Have a good one.